Locked on Boomer in the Morning. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. As far as I can tell, tomorrow is going to be Friday, uh-huh. and every Friday afternoon, Peter Labardius joins the big show to answer your burning hockey questions with, what does Lou say? Pete, why does it burn? What's the matter with you? It's a burning question. What's the matter with, like, what's the matter with you? She... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I get it now. Different types. Well, I mean, in fairness, that is a burning question. What does Lou say? Um, if you wonder why that is, you can text it in and maybe Lou will answer your question. And if you do, you can win a pair of lower bowl tickets to an upcoming Flames game and a $200 gift card to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Treat mm. yourself to the prime time menu and indulge in two courses, including the mouth-watering petite filet. For just $55. That even just sounds nice. This Pilich. is how game day is done. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. You love talking during the sponsor reads. The petit filet? Mais oui. Oh. Magnifique. Chef's kiss. And if that plate isn't sizzling, you don't hear that thing sizzling? I know. You stand it up and throw that thing right Smash through. Smash it right <laughs> over. It right the, through the calorie I mean, It's going to be hot. Yeah. Don't touch it. Smash but it. you could. You know who Sam Car- uh, Karshidi is? Sam Karshidi is a reporter in Philadelphia, longtime beat writer. Now, because the media's changed, you work for newspapers and the newspapers fire a bunch of people. So then you go online and do stuff. He's been writing for the Flyers or covering the Flyers for years and years and years. Mm. Um, put out a put out his most recent article: Flyers eliminated from postseason contention mm. officially, but it's been clear. And his uh, his most recent article talking about, uh, fellas, it's time to blow this thing up. Oh, really? Hey, top to bottom, in like let's. Huh. This is a flawed team. You overestimated what you had. You uh, this is not it's not going the right direction. Now, on the old Twitter, somebody said uh, responding to him at Broad Street Bowl. Oh, Bowl. The, uh, the Twitter. What are to be some UFAs this summer. If we can only add one piece this summer, who would it be and would it change anything? He says, Goudreau, period. He would give them a four, a veteran who would be a mentor to the young players. No, they wouldn't be contenders, but the players would grow together and start the rebuilding process. And Goudreau, 28, is young enough to still be effective when they contend down the road. Stop it. Hey, Sam Karshidi. Keep Goudreau's name out of your mouth. That's right. All right? Get out of here. Just leave him. You're going to get smacked. The Sam here we're talking to? Hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. I got a nice hot glass. I shut that up. Just stop it. For you. Your name's all over it. Get out of here. You loudmouth. Johnny loves it here. He loves it here. Yeah, that's right. Doesn't want to leave. Tell him Johnny sent you, huh? He's having a great time. He's voicing and singing on commercials. Yeah, he's singing. Hey, is uh, 
Couturier, is he on the radio singing in uh, Philly? I don't. I bet you he's not. Ivan Provorov, is he doing ads? No. What are you, are you selling him on Johnny here? Stop it. No, I'm just telling you that's, that's how, how connected he is, he is yeah. right here. Please don't leave. Don't leave. Please take all our money. Just just stay. Just stay. You want to just stay, right? Just stick. That agent must just be like shirt eating grin all year. Oh, and now a five point game. Oh, and now oh, uh, yeah. oh. Oh. And fifth in league scoring. And fourth in league scoring. He's and two points off being a point-per-game player for his career. Two points away. And it was... Uh, that, that, that to there's nothing to even talk about. It. You talk to our NHL insider there, old Frank. Speaking of Philadelphians, mind your own business. Frank Saravalli. Should Goudreau go to market? It'd be like the highest yeah, well, point-per-game guy probably ever to go to a UFA. You don't want that, Johnny. You don't want any of that. No. So bloody stressful, losing sleep. You know you look good in red. You don't have to get a new wardrobe here. Let's go. Hey, listen, summer in Philly all you want. 100%. There's nothing to do there in the winter. We're going to throw batteries at you when you miss the playoffs every year. Yeah. Come on. You're playing hockey anyway. You're not going to be able to go to you know Eagle games. Watch them on TV. You got red zone. It's all you need, John. It's all you need. We're getting serious now. We're calling John. John. John Hockey. But only Ryan Leslie called him John. Are you surprised that the Johnny Hockey thing didn't really... Because remember, it was Johnny Hockey. Hey, Goudreau has patented the phrase Johnny Hockey. You don't think that's caught on? I I don't... You you think if you said that on any NHL broadcast, people would wonder who it is? No, that's not what I'm saying. mm. What I'm saying is I'm just... I don't see it anywhere. I don't see t-shirts. I don't... I feel like it's no longer a thing. Some good text right now. I feel like it's no longer a thing. That's all. <laughs> I don't see. Uh... Oh, the, the top one. That's a, that would make you. <laughs> Eric Francis is never wrong. Johnny is leaving. Well, maybe. maybe. I just I don't want to even think about it. Just pay the guy. Mm-hmm. Give them. Give the guy the money. Come on. <laughs> and same with Kachuk. You got to pay Johnny. Come on. You pay a lot of people. You gotta, pay everybody. You got to pay that defenseman that falls over all the time. How come Schilling to keep Slivers falling down all the time? You got to pay the other defense was having a career year, stapling guys to the boards, power bombing them in the corner. The fours? You got to pay the you fours? You got to pay fours. I would say the fours is actually, he's getting paid. He'll, I, I think that would be, like, obviously there's a lot of things to get done, but that would be quite high up the list of priorities after 13, 19, 88, and 15. He's making nine, 1.95. How much north of two do you want to be paying Eric? Well, Brands? how much term do you want to give Eric Brands? I think those conversations are very related. Because I think he'll take a lower AAV if you give him a little Sakura tie. And, uh, hey, if anyone knows fit, he's played a lot of places. This is the best year he's had by a mile. He's never played in the second round before. Getty. Got a force. Get over here. Force. Hey. Er- Eric, hey. you know what's good for Getty. Hey. Good for Getty. It's good for Getty. We all want what's good for Getty. Getty gonna get paid. Getty gonna stay. Just stay, stay. pay. Getty. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that need uh, raises. What is the Shillington number gonna be? I don't know. It's a, he has Arbrights, but it's not like Matthew Kachuk has Arbrights because Matthew has a well-established career trajectory, and Shillington couldn't make the top six last year, so. Arb doesn't just look at one year, if I'm correct. It takes a body of work that's a little bigger than that. And 
the only comparable I can sort of see is what happened to Gustav Forsling last year when I think Florida nabbed him off waivers or it was a swap, whatever it was. Yeah, he was yeah, kind yeah. of toiling in Carolina, shows up in Florida, jumps into a top four role when Ekblad goes down. Um, they're not the same player, but it's the only kind of scenario where you could see a guy that looked like he was a waiver guy and suddenly boom top four and looks the part. Yeah, you know how that negotiation would go. Uh, one side would want to look big picture, like you say, looking back over the last three seasons. The other would say, yeah, but what have you done for me lately? He's been very good. Right, and I, so I, that's why with an arbiter, I, I, it, it just shrieks of a shorter term, prove it a little more and we'll be happy to pay you type deal. Plus, they'll have some money coming off the books in the next few years. Um, if it was a high two and a two-year deal... We have two seven five for two years, something like that. Does that sound realistic? Is the agent furious? Does he think arbitrator will give him more? I don't know, but it can't be a four, not yet. You need more established track record, and with short term, I don't know that it is in the worst spot for him because he does look to be improving, and it's his first year in a top four role, and he's playing with a great partner. He's he's in a situation to continue to have success. Tanev's got another couple of years on his deal. He's basically been a league minimum guy since he came in. Yeah. And 750, 730, whatever you want. And it looked like he was having a year, uh, the year that the pandemic canceled everything, in terms of like, okay, now you're you look like a third pair guy, but then they brought in Good Branson and Forbert at the deadline and he didn't touch a puck for seemingly like a year after that. It was crazy. And you know what's you know what's crazy is Shillington has bounced back and forth from the AHL and the NHL. Mm-hmm. He's actually making less money this year on the one-year deal than he did last year, mm-hmm. but he negotiated himself that big raise for the AHL, where last year and previously he'd make seventy grand. This yeah. year, if he got sent down, he'd make three hundred grand. No, and that's that's what you do at so that he, point of your career. But it's right, like, but okay. so he finally gets the big money in the A. Oh, you're not going to the A. You're you're going to stay. Here. I think he's happy where he's at. Yeah, but his uh, his number seven fifty this year. It was seven eighty seven. So a bit of a pay cut here to make the money he's, he's not, not making. He's not uh, get a pay cut next year. Yeah, I don't know how that are are the, are the flames bought and pay, like are they sold? Let's get this thing locked down. You're a part of what we're doing. Well, if for the type of deal I was talking about, wouldn't yeah. you be? But I mean, there's two- just a lot of work to get done before you get there. But the the challenge is that um, it might take a long time to figure out the Kachuk thing or the Manjapani thing. I don't know, and it's you'd love to have that done, but. You can't start doing that stuff before you do your heavy lifting financially. No, I'm not suggesting that. I know. I just, I'm just uh, saying that's the challenge here is that the time frame is going to be interesting to see how this gets done. You want for five years? Like, is this like, hey, you're you're a top fixture in our top you four. You're 20, more if it's five years. You're 24. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you don't have room for it. I mean, unless one of the big guys is not coming back, then the conversation changes. But if you're going to pay Gaudreau and you're going to pay Kachuk and Manjapani's going to get the monster raise he deserves, he might score 35 goals. Like, sorry, where's the where's the five-year deal? You don't have money for that, dude. What's uh, what's the number on... Uh, a top four D-man Manj. that can produce a little bit of offense and a five-year deal is going to be north of $4 million. Bucks. Well, that's a lot of money. If you didn't have raises for four guys already ahead of him in the queue, could you maybe. look at it and say, now Rasmus is making four five five. Tanev is making four five. We're gonna need you just a little under that. We're gonna need you under that. I mean, you sure could, but would you would you sign that deal and cost yourself a better player? That's that's the problem. I don't believe you can give him that deal while you keep Kachuk and Gaudreau and Manjapani. Unless you want to keep Forrest. You've got to get a gutty.
Yeah, Gotti's going to want to raise. Everybody's going to want to raise. Everybody's going to want to raise. Now, do you negotiate like after the parade when everyone's sobered up, or is oh, okay. it right in the heat of the celebration? Yeah. Where do you get the best deal if you're the GM? Jets beat the Sabres last night. Mm. They've won seven of nine. They're two back of Vegas. They got outshot by the Buffalo Sabres. When do the Sabres turn the corner? I mean, it's tough division, but I we like what they've done. Powers is going to show up next year. Like that's that's a really nice ad. He looked pretty darn good. Olympics, World Juniors, I get it. Like Michigan this year, they're working their uh, their their bees off out there. Yeah, and and who's on the decline there? Like okay, Ocposo's almost done. I think it's one more year of that. Oh my god. Yeah, they want him and like gone. Skinner. At least he's back to scoring goals. He's not a perfect player, but he's not a fourth liner like Ralph Kruger had him playing. But you're, you're going to expect Cousins improves, Middlestad improves, Dahlin improves, Powers is all of a sudden on the roster, Tage Thompson improves. Like it's, it, it's reasonable to expect guys at their ages to continue to get better. It's a pretty decent-looking core all of a sudden. What's going on with you? Casey Middlestad. Three goals in 26 games. What's going on with you? One the other night. You're so good. Jets too little too late. The two back of Vegas, not going to go. Ain't going to work. Back of Vegas doesn't matter. Back of Dallas is the problem. But four games in hand, three games in hand, Dallas holds on them. How about the New York Rangers three points back of Carolina for tops in the Metro? It looked like we had the uh, Penguino Rangers... Collision course, unavoidable in the 2-3 in the Metro, but the Rangers might reel them in. Georgiev goes in yesterday. Win. Don't matter. They are three up on Pittsburgh, three back of Carolina. Uh, you talk about teams turning it. When did they send the letter out to the, uh, hey, we are, we're terrible, we're sorry, we're going to make, uh, make it up to you? Three years ago? Was that before the Capocaco draft? It's not that far removed. They went out and got Panarin right after. Adam Fox won a Norris in his first three years in the league. That's almost unheard of. Kreider all of a sudden is in a Rocket Richard race. Like There's, there's some whew, things happening there. Keandre Miller's arrived. Two goalies. And a first overall pick. It's not true, but it's been getting it done. You know, we're right? Like They paid him all. It's been a lot of, a lot of good players there. It's been a chance. Alexis Lafreniere, 15 goals, 25 points. Well, that shot's not bad. He's coming. He's coming. He's just a kid. Give him some, he's 20 years old. Give him a break. Mo Sider, two more helpers last night. That guy's a beast. That guy is win the a caller, beast. Massive. Going to win the caller. Rookie year, he's already got YouTube. Uh, Highlight reels. What, what do they call it? Yeah, the comp and whatever. Compilation? Yeah, yeah. Montage? We mentioned the Oilers beat the Kings. Kings are coming in. We'll talk about them in a moment. Uh, back-to-back losses for the Kings. It was Jonathan Quick in net. Yeah, I think probably see Cal Peterson tonight. Maybe. Quick two different cities back-to-back nights? Probably not. Probably not. Super common, right? Leon hit the 49-goal plateau. Ties him with Austin Matthews. I think he'll get 50, Dean. He's got eight goals in his last five games. That's bold. bold. Very bold of you to uh, throw out there. Is he minus four last night or no? McDude hit the 100 points. Fifth time in seven years that he has been 100 points or better. In the one year, the league shut down, right? And the other year, he got injured. Rookie year, didn't he get hurt? 
probably would have had 100 that year. That's what uh, Leon was saying last night. Mm. I think he's going to be okay. You know, Leon? Laf- Laf- Lafreniere, first overall. Uh, we'll see. McDavid, first overall. I think he's probably He'll be a good leaf. safe pick there. Poor Vancouver. Poor Bruce. Poor Bruce. Poor J- Jimmy Timmy. Poor uh, Francesco. Aquavalva, yeah. They just took too long uh, making the changes there. Dragging your feet. You know, because hearing Daryl Sutter talk earlier in the uh, in the show, I, I came in last year, got a sense as to what things were. Wasn't going to turn around this year, but then you have the meetings, exit meetings. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to set things up for training camp. We're going to actually have a training camp, and let's go. I won't... Because we have the discussion sometimes. Why do you why do you fire a coach now and bring a guy in? Wait till the off season. Wait till you have the full complement of coaches that are on the market. Mm. Maybe that's why. Because you're you also look, trying to salvage a season. That's because you look do. back and you know what if what if they start the season with Bruce? Probably playoff team. They've been dynamite since he's been in. Arizona Coyotes. Tough night for Clayton Keller. Oof. Think that's a broken leg? You see him on Twitter today? What do you say? I want to thank my teammates, the fans, and medical personnel for the love and support last night. Unfortunately, the season's over for me. Oh, but I'm resting yeah. comfortably at the hospital and in good spirits. I will be back better than ever for day one next season. Prayer emoji. I'm going to say that's a uh, Tib-Fib deal. That's what I'm going with. Maybe, and you know what? Maybe a, a, an ACL in there. Just for just throw it in there. Get it all done at the same oh, time. Jeez, wow. Well, if you're in this, you take the car to the shop. You get it all done. Buy two, get one free. Get it all in there. One of those volume discounts. Get it all figured out. And how about in Ottawa? Controversy. Did you see old Rand Lavoister in the old pot yesterday? Old I uh, I heard some things I didn't see, but is this regarding um, another Canadian city? Well, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, the Ottawa Senators. Come on, Ren, you can't do that. Uh, looks like they're talking, playing some, uh, playing a handful of games. Too soon in Quebec City, some neutral site games. What? And then the Sens come out and say, "Listen, well, here's the thing: we're talking about maybe putting together a joint bid for the World Junior Hockey Championships with Quebec City." E- and I mean, these neutral sites thrown out there willy nilly, never got any know. traction at all. Mm. And did you know that Eugene just died? Could you give us a bit of give us a week here? Trying before to you... mourn here. We're having a we're having a week over here. Breathing. Come on now, come on, Ren. Is Quebec City ever going to get a team? I think it's going to take the type of situation they got Winnipeg a team, i.e., something that needs to move quickly, and we need a, you know, emergency break glass and do this. I don't think they plan for years and move a team there. I think it's uh oh, this owner has to sell now, and they need to get out of that market yesterday. So you know, Arizona, <laughs> you need the building, you Check. need the ownership Check. group. Two for two so far. Yeah, and you need a probably a. A market that's going to support it. It's in the wrong country. That's uh, Gary's problem with it. Gary hates Canada. Well, and to be fair, it's more complicated than that. It's it's financially very not good for the Habs if that happens, believe it or not, with contractually how revenue streams in that province to them and TV rights and other things that are beyond our pay grade. Montreal would probably, behind closed doors, maybe not be in favor of it. I think they would probably be very much against it. So, sorry, you're... 
second number two overall franchise worth or whatever it is would fall to maybe three. Hmm. Suck it up. But I think uh, the, the the plan for the NHL would be get a team in Houston. If it doesn't work in Phoenix, that's an easy swap. You have a natural rival for Dallas. The building there is phenomenal. You've got someone that at least is interested in owning. At what price? Who knows? There's and a good then, text. Would a team moving to a 3,500-seat arena be an Atlanta-style emergency move? You would think. I, I, we're getting close. So what, what it is for me is this is last call for the Coyotes. If they don't get that new rink done in Tempe, this three-year thing doesn't even matter. Like, we're, see you later. This is a stopgap to get them to a new rink. If they don't get a new rink, it's not a stopgap to anything except that team getting the hell out of Arizona. Jack Quinn is putting up historic AHL numbers. Might be even better. That might be their number one prospect now over Owen Power. Yeah, That's another guy that's going to graduate. Yeah, they've been drafting high for a while. They have been drafting high for a yeah. while. They've been drafting high for a while. That Tage Thompson took a while, too. Flames talk coming up in about half an hour. Kevin Woodley in Goal Magazine. You see him on Sportsnet. He's writing on Sportsnet.ca. The guy's doing everything. Guy's a threat to you and me. We got to slow this guy down. You know, watch our asses. TV, radio, print. Settle down, Kevin Woodley. Is a 5 tool player? God. Another guy, Ben Wagner. He can calm down, too. He's pretty fired up. Settle down, Ben Wagner, voice of the Blue Jays on Sportsnet. Big win over the Yankees yesterday. Big pre, big uh, spring training win. Dexter Fowler, the deal's official now, apparently. Can he settle down, or is he allowed to be excited? No, he can be excited, I guess. Hey, Dexter, you blew out your ACL. Get right. I'm excited. And yeah. hit your weight. We'll talk to Benny Wags when we come back. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Thursday Hour 3 continues on. Toronto Blue Jays beating the Yankees yesterday. That's a shame. I was, uh, Ben Wagner joins us. Ben was there. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I was explaining to uh, Ryan today, uh, earlier in the show, Ben, that uh, uh, Josh Donaldson, not so much looking like uh, money well spent for the uh, Yankees yesterday, turning, uh, trying to turn the single into a double when it was clearly a single. That was not a graceful play getting into second. You would not classify anything that Josh Donaldson did between first and second as graceful. No. (laughs) Trying to stretch that out. There was a moment where Gurriel gets into the corner and you could see the body language immediately wilt with Josh Donaldson thinking, oh, this was a bad, bad decision trying to get this extra 90 feet. Yeah. 90 feet. Gosh, this is a long, that's a long ways. Seems like last one I was turning that corner. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, Josh Donaldson, we know the pedigree, and Josh Donaldson is very aware, you know, with the calves and the quads and everything that he's had. I, I was stunned. I was stunned when I looked at, out of the corner of my eye watching Gurriel get the ball in the corner. And <laughs> Donaldson, I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's a play that could cost him months. Oh, for sure. Okay. With that injury history, in a, in a not, yeah. nothing game, what are you doing? Yeah, well, no, he hit yeah, a bomb, exactly. and, he, and he had a single, Dean. You're pretty hard on the guy. What, five bases? Well, and then he rolled over and took the, tries to get the ground ball, throws it about two seconds late to get the runner at first. It just doesn't look, this, that doesn't look like a, like, like a move that's going to pay off. But, you know, whatever. Spring training, right, Ben? Spring it, training. It, it looks like somebody that needs to get to the Bronx. That's, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Everybody's done with the Grapefruit League. So beyond that, takeaways from the Blue Jays, I know it's, like you say, it's spring training, but uh, 
we're, we're getting closer and closer to it. What are some of the takeaways? And uh, we can kind of spin that into Dexter Fowler making an appearance. Sure. Uh, the takeaways of this camp are overwhelmingly that the front office and the coaching staff have been very pleased with how guys arrived, and there haven't been very many missed beats. In terms of ramp up, even though it's an accelerated spring training, the goal was to have it for three weeks. They got four weeks. The pitching is lining up as predicted. Uh, you know, this is the downside of all the beauty and the greatness that the player development complex allows. Um, you know, there is a little bit more separation from game coverage to versus you know the daily activity. Now the guys aren't at the clubhouse at the stadium every day, um, but when we do see guys and they throw on the backfields or whatever, uh, they are throwing as scheduled. They're hitting their pitch counts. They're doing their up and down. So that's really, really good. You see the lineup that's continued um, and guys are getting the at bats and time is coming around and there's just not too much to read into this spring training outside are the names that you want to see in the lineup every day are the guys that you're supposed to be caring about making their appearances the way that they're supposed to be. Yes. And yes, and that means good things for the Blue Jays when it's time to pack the bags within a week and be in Toronto. Yeah, we're, we're, we're missing a real huge positional battle or like the, the great question of camp is who will be. The, no, I, I think we, everyone can get the pen down and figure out this roster. And it seems right. like everyone's slotted appropriately. A couple of bullpen decisions. That's what it boils down to, you know, uh, and position player wise. You know who is going to win the starting jobs. There's not a battle, you know, to go one through nine in the order. There are probably 27 and 28-man roster decisions to match up against the Texas Rangers. And when it comes to the bat, I think the biggest decision is do the Blue Jays want to carry three catchers? Do the Blue Jays want have a threat on the left side of the plate in Greg Bird? In my opinion, you drop Reese McGuire if that's going to be the case and carry two catchers, which I don't think there's a need. Even with the added pitchers and all this other stuff, I just don't think there's a need to have three catchers on this ball club. Yeah, that's fair. And and we, we talked about it. I guess the only concern would be is uh, we always get concerned with the catchers. If, if one gets hurt, then what are you doing? Because, um, Kirk, I could we could see a lot of DH and Jansen catching a lot, right? That, that would be a thing that would make sense if you wanted to optimize that lineup. Yeah, and that's how you optimize it and maybe why the Blue Jays have to carry three catchers. I just don't think there's a need to carry the three catchers, especially if you're going to have um, the added positional player. I think you can get more. If Greg Bird's here, you know, to be a threat, he can also be a threat and be a DH um, at the same time. Or Greg Bird can play first base and Vlad is going to get more DH days. I think you're going to see a lot of creativity on how the Blue Jays roll out their starting lineup. It's not going to be – you know, the same lineup for Toronto each and every day. Um, the names are going to be very similar, but and how they stack up. You know, Springer's going to get DH days. I think Teoscar's going to get DH days. You know you're going to get Vladimir Guerrero Jr. some DH days. Uh, I think that's where kind of how Charlie's going to get guys reps, keep guys off their feet if they're performing well, obviously. Um, and you have to come out of the gate and you have to perform well. But this, this opportunity, if – if they make a decision and Greg Bird makes the team, that's the last kind of burning question on who makes the opening day roster. Are there best nine position players, uh, DH and eight position players, are they all right-handed? Is that literally what we're talking about here? Not a single lefty that's the best at his job? I mean, I, I kind of would yield Espinal ahead of Biggio, although I know others don't. Um, 
the track record the last couple of years has certainly put Santiago Espinal as a better hitter and never looking overmatched. And, you know, I mean, as a guy that has only a small sample size out of 2020 in Major League Life and holding his own after a couple of setbacks with injury, Santiago Espinal gets out there and never, ever looks overmatched. And, man, he hangs in there with the best of them. It doesn't matter who's on the mound or a play that's at third base where he's been challenged. You know, he's got a good glove. The throws, obviously, at third, something that the Blue Jays went out and addressed. But uh, Kevin, Kevin has turned the corner. I had a really good conversation with Guillermo Martinez at the cage yesterday when we were in Tampa about Kevin and the change in the approach. And he feels that Kevin feels in a much better rhythm, even though he's still got that hard you know, guard on his left arm because of the injury last year, and they're protecting that a little bit. Uh, Kevin feels like he's in a much better rhythm, and the Blue Jays feel that the swing is, is going to translate better this year uh, off of last year. And last year was nagging injuries. Last year was a lot of pressure for Kevin Biggio. You know, he tried to pull the ball way too much, kind of got a little bit more aggressive at the plate, maybe that moniker of a third baseman where you've got to you know, drive in a lot of runs and hit for a little bit more pop got in his mind. Uh, the Blue Jays feel much more comfortable than Kevin Biggio of old with the keen eye, patient at bats is back. Uh, what does the outfield look like? We've seen Bichio there in the lineup today, I believe, and he is a guy that they can throw around the diamond, kind of that utility defender. Um, the, the new guy from Colorado fits in where, and is Josh Palacios, obviously, is he now a triple-A start to the season? What are we looking at? Palacios, even though he's got left-handed, you know, a left-handed presence and a little bit of pop, goes to triple-A. That's where he's going to start. Uh, Rymel Tapia, interesting, you know, exit velocity is good. Barrel rate, really good. He's got some speed. He is still checking in as a fourth outfielder and a, a, a base stealing threat for the Blue Jays late in a ball game. That's where I think he, he goes in or a defensive replacement. You know, he's a pretty good corner defender, defender, and he covers a lot of territory. And if a guy needs a day off his feet, yeah, he, Tapia can go out there and, and get some reps. Um, the Blue Jays started him in center field last night. This is a, this is a nice compliment piece. Rymel Tapia is a nice compliment piece. Uh, Josh Blasius goes to AAA because Josh Blasius needs to play every day and, and get get a lot of reps. Uh, for me, the outfield doesn't change. You, you know the names. Guriel is going to go to the left. George Springer is going to play the majority of the time in center field, and Teoscar Hernandez likely goes to right. Uh, now with a Kevin Biggio in right field today, this is part of you know the Blue Jays flexing the, f- the flexibility, and Teoscar goes over to play in left, and this is by design, right? They want to get Teoscar reps in there. This is going to be, you know, part of the changes that we see every day, where you've got to check the order, <laughs> you've got to check the positions. Um, un- unlike baseball in 1980, you know, where you know this one through nine, and here's how they stack up every day. You know, for your Toronto Blue Jays, it's it's going to get a lot of a lot a lot different, kind of like the Dodgers and the and the Rays, and to to an extent, a couple other ball clubs. Ben Wagner, voice of the Blue Jays, our guest here on Sportsnet. So we're getting very very close to it. Today is the final day of March. Uh, I guess uh, ideally for guys like Springer or Vladdy, what what's the optimal next week to ten days look like? How many days off? How many games? Because by now. Uh, as you say, we've kind of talked about uh, about the order, about the team. We kind of know who's there. How much uh, work versus rest do we want here as we get ready for it? Uh, I think today is a heavy workload day, and maybe one of the days on the weekend. The Blue Jays are at home on Saturday and Sunday, which is a very nice luxury. There's some really cruddy weather on the docket on Saturday. So 
with with one of those days being the heavy workload where you maybe get four at bats at minimum, um, you know, try to get seven innings on you. It's about the body right now. How does the body feel when you're out there on the field? Uh, you cannot replicate the game speed and what playing on the diamond does to the body. And Matt Chapman was telling me this the other day because I was asking the same thing. Hey, how do you feel? How do you feel timing-wise? How do you feel, you know, in and out of your workout? And he said, no, nothing can replicate the game speed. And that's why I like to play at third base. And Chapman goes back there today. And some guys' arms, if they're asked to do more throw, uh, this time at camp, you know, the arms bark. And pitchers have that dead arm phase around their third start, which is also interesting to watch Alec Manoa throw today. Kikuchi had a little dip in velocity his last time out. So this is the pocket of play where, yeah, you want to be wrapped in bubble wrap and things are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And you want to come away from camp healthy and feeling very confident. But you also need a, that little push, that little push. And that's why I think today's a big day and one of the days for the regulars will be a big day on the weekend where you get some game activity. And then if you need at-bats on Monday and Tuesday, you've got the luxury to grab some at-bats on Monday and Tuesday. And the Blue Jays will be off on Wednesday in Toronto. They've got a workout on Thursday, and then it's the lights right at Rogers Center on Friday for opening day. That's, that's basically it. Marcus Simeon in that uh, half-billion-dollar infield. That's The Rangers yeah. made a statement, didn't they, this offseason? They sure did. They sure did. They went out you know, with, with a new ballpark, with – um, some disappointment, and you know they they sold off some huge pieces last year to create some flexibility going into this year, and they wanted to create some buzz, and <laughs> they certainly did that. Uh, they they certainly did that in division that they hope that that there is an opportunity to make some noise in, and uh, while trying to do it, uh, they they backed up the Brinks truck and they surprised a lot of the baseball world. Everybody thought Marcus Simeon was going to end up playing on the left coast, and he ends up in the middle in Texas. And uh, it'll be fun to see him and see if he can have a, I mean, any sort of season like like he had for the Blue Jays. If he's able to replicate that, you're, man, that's something else. For and a congratulations to Marcus Simeon for doing it. Yeah, right around the time Simeon signed, we saw Robbie Ray go to Seattle. The Jays went and got Kevin Gosman on a rather similar deal. Give us the refresher on uh, the longtime Oriole who really found his home and and found himself uh, as a as an ace type pitcher in, in San Fran. Yeah, for me, he's the number two guy in the rotation, right behind Jose Barrios going into that Texas series. I think it's going to be Jose Barrios, Kevin Gosman, and then Hyunjin Ryu lining up in terms of the matchups, not necessarily the order. Uh, but, but you know, opening day is great, and opening day and the starter for the opening day nod always means a lot, and that is great. So um, for Kevin Gosman, that is exactly where he needs to be, too, as that number two guy. Jose Barrios is the number one and the best pitcher that the Blue Jays have. And Kevin Gossman is a step behind him right now. You know, uh, He's been in camp. He is great. He's very cerebral. Uh, my conversations with him have been outstanding. That splitter is something that he loves to throw. He doesn't throw it a lot, and he won't display it in camp. He only really uses it in game activity. Um, and he trusts that pitch with the best of them. So, uh, the, the guy that you, you're going to see is a much more mature Kevin Gosman than what he was. And admittedly, a guy that put a lot of pressure on himself. You know, he had the draft. He had a lot of promise. The organization thought he was one of the faces of the future. And then all of a sudden, he gets traded. And he was sought after by Atlanta. And he told us the other day, you know, where he had to, he had to shift the paradigm. 
and say, all right, it wasn't that the Orioles gave up on him. It was that Atlanta wanted him. And then, of course, that kind of pushed him into a situation in San Francisco where he walked away with a ton more confidence. And the vibe that they felt during that rush of the postseason push last year in San Fran, uh, kind of, he knew he was a good pitcher, but the fun that he had being around the clubhouse and an overall push for a postseason like that made it a lot more exciting, made it a lot more inviting, made it going to the ballpark a lot less of a grind for him. And that's why this situation, especially in the next handful of years for the Toronto Blue Jays, is why he said, yep, I like what the Blue Jays told me before I even went to San Francisco. I like where they're at even more so now. I know that there's a lot of promise in the next three to five years for the Toronto Blue Jays. So why, why not go out and be part of this thing right now? Ben Wagner, uh, how is your game? Because, again, only a few more Ooh, at-bats yeah. for you. Shake right? the rust, bud. Let's go. Uh, you know what? It's the dog days of spring training for me. Yeah. I'm ready to get. I'm, I'm ready to get the regular reps uh, <laughs> and, and get to Rogers Center. And, and trust me, this is the carrot that has been dangling in front of my face now for the last couple of weeks. Once the CBA got sewed up, uh, we knew Blue Jay fans would have a deep thirst to see this ball club. It's young stars. It's new guys. Uh, it's great to see Dan and Tabby down here. Of course, Buck and I live here in Dunedin as well. Uh, so I get, you know, we get a, a lot of commuting trips to these road games, but the 14 broadcasts that we're doing in spring training, you, you know, it's been great to tell stories, but it's, it's time to tell the real story. And we can sense that from the players as well. Opening day is on the horizon and we're ready to go. What did you, did you even get a, have a place to stay in Toronto last year? Like I, I think people forget it has been basically two years. We've hardly seen the blue Jays in Rogers center, uh, not at full capacity at all. Like like you live in Dunedin, you called games in Dunedin and Buffalo and some in Toronto, but I mean, you got to be excited to get back to that city and actually see fans. It's been ages. My God. Yes, 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 yes. To all of that. Uh, I have been desperately twisting in the breeze a little bit. I mean, not to make it about me, but you know, 2020 was wild. We were in the studio and we did all those games without ever interacting with a player. 2021 with the simulcast, the team starting here in Dunedin had field access, could finally talk to the guys, but of course the sensitivities with all the protocols and being part of TV coverage, that was great. And then there was a little bit of a gap. And then when they brought radio back full throttle and your fans know this by tuning in, you know, it was awesome. Once we got back to Rogers center at 15,000, then it got to 30,000 and it was a wild, wild scene. I thought, my God, if this can just be the normal start to the year in 2022, this is going to be just an incredible opportunity to do the ball games at Rogers Center, um, you, you know. So, uh, not traveling yet, which is unfortunate. I, I am, I am so anxious to get back on the road to see the games. You know, to to broadcast games, you need to see the games. So, to have that next step to get us back towards normalcy will be great for the fans, and it allows us to tell deeper stories on the journey through the individual games, series, months, and and overall with the year. And I, and again, I'm hopeful that that is going to be the case because that's the best way to, to bring the excitement that the Blue Jays are going to provide to fans this year. But uh, the good news is on opening day, I have reservations at Rogers Center in the broadcast booths that once housed Tom Cheek and Jerry Howarth, and we will have Blue Jays baseball as scheduled returning for Blue Jay fans and what should be an unbelievable welcome back to Toronto and Canada. 
Pretty great stuff. Appreciate your time as always, Ben. We will uh, we'll do it again here Can't soon. Can't wait to hear it next yeah. week, Friday. Where we go? Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to talking to you either on the eve or we can do opening day, whatever you guys want. Right on. Very Ooh, nice. Good. Very nice. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Have a good week. You got it, guys. You bet. There well. he is. Play-by-play voice of the Blue Jays, Ben Wagner. Yeah. the uh, When 30,000 is exciting in that place, uh, check in next Friday for, what, 45? It's going to be a madhouse. Yeah. And baseball is like, it's this long marathon that seemingly never ends, right? But there are those few games that it's only one of 162, but this feels like more. Opening day is one. The Canada Day game where they break out the red jerseys is another. And then, obviously, if you can get into September... And playoffs are on the horizon. That's a totally different vibe as well. But it'll be a really, really exciting vibe on Friday. Opening opening day slash season opener, whatever, is a special day in every sport. There's something about baseball. 100%. Because it's, it's, it's the, the start of the season. Right? You know, yeah. it's great. It's like, okay, that, that foot of snow that lived on my lawn for how long? We're done. Let's go. Baseball season's back. Baseball's back. Pinder's hammered. Rusty's wearing a uniform. Time for what you want to talk about. It's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Your experts in automatic door service repairs and replacements. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. You know, I saw come up on the old uh, inter- interwebs today. Oddly enough, Yo. 27 years ago today, 1995, the movie Tommy Boy premiered in theaters. Is it that old? How about that? Oh, man. I, I See, I can't wait till my kids are old enough to watch that movie with them. Yeah. Because we're six. We're not there yet, right? Yeah. Oh, I Richard. Guess. That's a pretty girl. I wonder if she's dating one of the Yankees. Oh, do, you, do you know where the gym is? Just looking for the weight room. So many good. So great. I don't know what we. Uh, that's a long Head text. Soft, long candy, text. Shell. On my first Southern vacation, five years. Unfortunately, my third day, I was admitted to emergency in Playa del Carmen Uh-oh. with an infected leg. No. Uh, listening to 960 brings home a little comfort. I'm in my mid 50s, always had good health. Getting old sucks. Now I just need to find a way to break my uh, way out here so I can get home. You know what? There's nothing. Back home's going to be here. Yeah, it's here. You take your time. You get right, all right? Yeah, it's going to be here. You keep us locked in? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Get some spring baseball on the TV? Chill out. Uh, just checking in. I uh, heard on the podcast. Answer is King of Staten Island. Did I win the prize? The podcast's a little behind there. Just keep, yes. yeah, keep your cell phone by you. We'll see if somebody calls you to tell mm-hmm. you your winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining me on my drive home from Golden Boys. Late nights and early mornings make for a long drive. I wasn't sure what it Golden Boys. I thought it's like you work at a place called Golden Boys. That sounds like an edgy place. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, Pinder, I sat in the same section as you at the Flames game last weekend. Meant to tell you I'm your biggest fan. Now I have to just tell you through text instead of in person. No, you can tell me in person. I sound that's very lovely. Thank Isn't you. Isn't that nice? I appreciate that. That's sweet. And that's me, like. Did full obnoxious bender. That's, that's wow. It's sweet. It's kind. And I'll tell you what. It's incredibly rare. That's like um, usually it's like, hey, I did like you on the radio, but uh, what's this? I mean, I what's wondered. this circus? I mean, it's it says pinder like it's a long, elaborate text. Uh, I almost have to take the guy or girl, whoever it is, at uh, face value that they actually feel that way. Like it's not like it's a. It doesn't look like the sarcasm font. No. 
So stoked, guys. Got ticks for September 26th. Jays, Yanks in T.O. Should be Whoa. heat of a pennant race for the boys. Well, you know, my birthday is in late so, September. And it's going to be for one of those teams. Mm-hmm. Pennant race. It's a span of playoff team. Don't be so hard on your boys. That's true. Six teams get in. Come are you, on. Are you okay with it? or The 16 playoff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be weird with buys, right? Because one team's just... Still going, still going, rhythm, rhythm. The other's just going to sit and watch. But um, I'm, I'm curious to see what it feels like to have teams on the sides. Would you rather be playing or the bye? Well, you can't lose if you're in the bye. But look, they're they're a young team on the ascent. They're a contender. No, I'm, I'm going to be about- a super fun year. And I, yeah, I would expect they should be a team that has these thoughts. What does a bye do for us? Like they're in that mix. No, you're, you're again, my, my thing was less about the blue Jays. It's just how you feel because I don't you, have a problem with it. I mean, I'm curious to see how it goes. Yeah. I, I, the buy is really what I, cause I just never, I just never know. Never just know. when I think I know you, you'll, you'll go, you'll maybe take a swerve and I love the expand. I hate the expanded play. I never know. The, the ownership proposed a, a bigger expansion of the playoffs, not the, the 12 teams, but I think it was like what? 14. And they also had the, oh, yeah, and then we're going to do a TV thing where the, the high seeds pick their opponent. And you're like, oof, just bullet, bulletin board series everywhere. I don't know. That one felt a little weird. Uh, saw Raisin Bran ranked highly on the loved serialist. Boom, I know you hate raisins. What about Raisin Bran? Yeah, it does seem like the outlier for you. Well, it? I told you. I mean, I'll, I'll eat Raisin Bran, I guess. But it's... Uh, I'll, I have to give the raisin a little bit of credit. I would not just have Bran cereal. No, I'm not true. eating that. It's probably the raisin's greatest feat. Is and I'll maybe, brand. yeah, it really is. Uh. Although, now that I'm more conscious about it, I may just pass altogether. Uh, boom, are you going to head to Vegas for the F1 uh, night race next year? Looks pretty nifty. You've got to get to Vegas before then. That's two falls from now? Come on, buddy. Get down to Vegas, would you? Go sit in the sun, would you? Huh? Huh? I would love to go to an F1 race. I would love to get to an F1. It's bananas. Hmm. Uh, one word, Pinderstalker. Do you see what he did there? Because there's the thing there's on, a net, lot there. on the Netflix thing. There's that. In the Tinder? The, yeah. yeah. And then it's also the... Pinderstalker. And then it ties it in and of course, yeah. one word. Yeah. Mm. One word. Pinderstalker. Golden Boys. Pinder, I'm your biggest fan. I don't even know what, uh, I don't even know what's going on. Is it paper, rock, scissors, or rock, paper, scissors? It's rock, scissors? paper, scissors. I think it's, it's RPS. You you get uh, deep into the competitions. It's just RPS. That's what the kids call it. Yeah. Bros. I feel if you're going paper rock scissors, it's because you're kind of distracted. You're not thinking. This, uh, what's that paper? You're throwing uh, paper, me off here. What are you, is this some sort of subliminal thing yeah. where you're going to trick me into saying paper? I'm not doing it. Yeah, rock paper scissors. RPS. Yeah. Although my uh, when I was young, someone tried to throw in some dynamite. I told you about this, right? The dynamite. Sir, start again here. What's this? Rock paper scissors dynamite. Yeah, I don't know. Get out of here. It's a perfect game. Scissors cuts Stop off. Stop it. Don't. Blows up the rock. Paper covers the dynamite. No? That's what you want to talk about. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Do you own a pharmacy? Find out how Calgary Lock and Safe can retrofit your locks to meet the new mandates. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. So tomorrow's Friday. Mm-hmm. That's Stephen Brunt Day. We'll be taking a look back at the <laughs> Flames and Kings from tonight, getting ready for St. Louis. The Blows going to be taking on the Oilers. Lots of uh, lots of hockey on the next, show. For next tomorrow. two teams they face. Tired. You hope Second so. Second of back-to-back. St. Louis will be a third and four. Yeah. They came in and 
pooped themselves on a third and four here earlier this year and then throttled the Flames when they came through St. Louis on a third and four. I think they'll be a little more aware this well, time. Well, they better be. It was a, yeah. That was one of the worst out, outings they had all year. Pinder sat one. behind you at the Flames game last weekend. Couldn't see a damn thing. See, that's a more reliable story. Yeah. That, that sounds more accurate. You've got quite, uh, it's quite a loaf going on top of your head there. It's really something. It's the man bun right now. I got to get off the forehead. It's yeah, driving me nuts. Uh, Kevin Woodley coming up. Have a great uh, day. We'll see you tomorrow, buddies. Yes, you will.